Once you are self-aware, you must make a change. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Millionaire Woman Show. And if it's your first time here, we're grateful that you've dropped on in. And we're going to share with you principles of life, leadership, and business. And today, our whole focus is talking with our special guest, Candice McKim. She's an intuitive teacher, coach, author, TEDx speaker, and founder of the Intuitive Coaching Academy online training. Candice spent decades combining her social work background with yoga, chakra therapy, in the form of intuitive readings, teachings. Candice's wise and fun-loving approach guides women to courageously connect to their purpose through their intuition to up-level heart-centered businesses. And Candice's training and coaching strategies support purpose-driven women to make an impact and attract the wealth and recognition they desire by following intuitive wisdom. Candice teaches not only on intuition, but on women and worth, wellness and wealth and wellness. And, and she also has here, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, that you can enjoy a free meditation on the magic of your intuition. And I'll have that in the show notes for you. But I'm really excited. Actually, Candice and I shared a stage um, for Blue Talks. And we both have a blue talk and we're both TEDx speakers. So it's nice to have this kindred spirit who knows what it's all about. So welcome to the show, Candice. It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I am super excited to be here, Deborah. And good to see you again. It's wonderful to have you. And you know what? When I was watching your bio and reading your bio and thinking of our experience together, I was thinking, you know, I really want to talk about intuition with you because intuition... I think when, when we don't trust ourselves or that inner wisdom within us, that's where we feel that lack of clarity. That's where we feel that confusion inside. So I, I want you just to start sharing with us a little bit of how you chose to take the path of being an intuitive teacher. Okay, well, it was very intuitively guided. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people think intuition is nonsense and that we don't actually have an intuition. And I just believe that that is untrue, that it's just another one of our senses, the same as touch, taste, sight, smell, sound, we have intuition. And as I said, like my intuition just guided me on my path through my whole life. You know, when you get here and you look back, and my book is called Intuition is a Choice, because sometimes we follow our intuition, and then sometimes we don't. And, but I believe our intuition is our superpower and that when, when we can really follow our intuitive guidance, then we're opening up to opportunities and possibilities that, that are there for us, but that we um, don't always take advantage of, that we often look outside of ourselves to get our answers, right? It's like that call of friend, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have that friend and that, uh, or my sister that I always call. And it's like, how can I make these decisions on my own? And what is my intuition really telling me? And often I know which friend to call because I'll get the answer that I want to hear, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's so true because we seek out, you know, even when we, you know, it's like when I'm thinking about the cars, you know, people will think of buying a car and then they see them all over the road. Or, you know, we, like you said, you phone the people that you want a certain answer from. Versus the person who tells you the answer you might not want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So we quite often look outside of ourselves. And that's what we've been taught, right? Is to, you know, to follow what society thinks or to look outside of ourselves without looking within. But then we choose the person that will give us the answers that we want. So then we already have that answer within us. Yeah. So we know that we can, we can make our own decisions from that. And like I said, my intuition was really, has really guided me along the path. Um, you said that I, um, my background is I have a degree in social work. And then as I was intuitively guided, 
Um, you know, I, when I look back, my parents were self-employed parents and they had three teenagers and they were um, wanting to, my mom was stressed out and they were wanting to build their business and they were very successful and doing really well, but my mom was getting burnt out and she went to the doctor and the doctor prescribed Valium to her. And so I was 13 years old and my mom and dad decided to take our entire family to learn how to meditate. And, you know, it wasn't that they were hippies. It was learning how to cope with the stress of being an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs. And so our whole family learned how to meditate. And then I became a, um, a social worker. I became a vegetarian. So I was always guided on this path to really follow my intuitive guidance and then um, when I was working as a social worker, I remember saying to some friends of mine that, you know, I wish I could counsel people who don't need counseling. And they would laugh and say, what is that? <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? And then as, a, as the years went on, then I realized, oh, that's actually what coaching is. And that at the time there wasn't life coaching and business coaching and intuitive coaching. Um, there, was, there was just counseling. And for the rest of us who needed that support, it wasn't available to us. And so then I became a yoga therapist and a chakra therapist and really brought together, married together, talk therapy with body, mind, spirit, and then following our intuitive guidance because that's where the magic is. That's where the opportunities are. And it can be our superpower, our intuition. So what is one of the first things that you do when you work with someone to help develop that superpower? Because I know people listening or people watching our YouTube video here are thinking to themselves, you know, I did trust myself at one time. How do I, first of all, and maybe some are still learning to trust. So to learn to trust or to rebuild that trust in myself when there might've been a decision I didn't follow through on. And now I feel like I betrayed myself and kicking myself that I should have done something. How would you help them yeah. get started in that process? Well, I believe, I don't, I believe that when we follow our intuitive guidance that we will get on our purpose. And so what I think you're talking about is then when it feels like we're not on our purpose mm -hmm. and I don't believe that we're ever off our purpose. It's just that sometimes we might need to be re, re guided and brought back to our purpose. And I don't believe that we're ever that those things that we deem as failures or ever mistakes, they're growing experiences. They're an opportunity for us to grow and to learn and to expand and to maybe pivot. Um, so an example of that would be, um, I was a yoga therapist and then I had a studio and I went and did some training and I got really clear that my purpose was to help women who had been violated. Mm. And so the second I made that decision, it showed up in my clientele all summer long. I, I was at a, a retreat in June and by August it was full on. That's all my clientele was. I was being invited to events to speak at and events to do chakra balancing and to do this kind of work. And then it was in September and my husband and I were sitting on the deck and I told him what happened, that I made this decision. And then he said, is that what you really want? And I sat there for a moment and I said, no, I didn't want to bring that energy back into my house because I, you know, my background is a social worker and I left it because I didn't want to bring that energy into my household. Right. And so it was a very clear conscious decision to not do it anymore. And, but I knew it was my purpose, right? Yeah. And so the second I made that decision to stop, it stopped again. Like it, it started as fast as it stopped. And then a year and uh, four months later, um, an email came across my desk and it was part of the organization that I'd done this training with, and they were doing a global save a challenge to raise 20,000. They wanted all the participants to raise $20,000 for victims of sex trafficking in India. Right. I knew instantly I needed to do it instantly. I got a really clear intuitive hit. I needed to do it. And so I did, I stepped into it and I raised the money very quickly. And as a result, it helped. So I could, I was still back on my purpose, right? right. And I was back into this purpose, but it looked a different way. And it was making more of an impact mm -hmm. rather than one-on-one. -on -one. It was a, making a bigger impact. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, for people who are new to meditation or new to just sitting in silence, for one, I, I think our world's so busy that we don't even sit still enough without turning on a radio or a television, you know, to have that background noise constantly or the white noise that we have. 
what are people looking for? Are they listening for words? Are they looking when, you know, we, when you get that intuitive hit or is it something that they journal on paper? Can you, do you explain a little bit about how people can tell if it's their intuition, that wisdom, that inner knowing? Yeah. So all of those reasons are all of those ways. Um, the first way I teach intuition is that there's no separation between body, mind, spirit. So there will always be a physical reaction whenever you get an intuitive hit. So it, you know, they call it a gut instinct, right? And it's because like that saying came from the truth around that we actually have a physical response. Some people get it in the gut. Some people get it in their chest. It might feel like um, a butterfly in their chest, or it might feel a little bit of tension. The same with the gut instinct. Um, it feels almost like a, a contraction in the body you might get it in the shoulders or the neck. Um, for me personally, I get like a message going across my forehead and it's usually only about three words. It's not a big, you know, awakening moment or a big, right. you know, message right. it's not that a comes thunder through. Clap. <laughs> yeah. And I used to, I used to, when I first was, um, doing, uh, intuitive coaching. And um, I would try to make the message I got sound better. <laughs> and my clients would just nod and go, mm, yeah. But then when I said it exactly the way it came, then they got it. They go, oh yeah, that's the message. But as intuitive coach, I bring in my own intuition, but I also help the client connect to their intuition because we all have our own inner knowing, right? We all have our right. own answers within us. Yeah. And so it's about helping the client connect to their intuitive guidance. But yeah, there is no separation between the body, mind, and spirit. Right. So they'll feel a physical reaction. They may mm -hmm. have some words. Yeah. Yeah. So like for you, do you know how you get your intuitive hit? Like some people, like I said, get it in the gut, get in the chest, yeah. the shoulders, the neck. Um, I get itchy nose, itchy ringing in my ears. Oh, see, I wouldn't even um, think of those. Of subtle things to pay attention to yeah yeah I think I so do you know how you're getting but I, I'm not 100% mm. sure I'm gonna have to pay more attention to the you know sometimes it, it could be the scratching of the nose or something I, I wouldn't have even thought of that as a intuitive hit and that's one of the things I teach with in my training is for my students to start making a dictionary of noticing and like, I'll rub my forehead or scratch the top of my head. Like, so going to the chakras um, and it's just that knowing that you have, right. It's, it's different than thinking something, but it's like, it's like when you don't follow your intuition, you go, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like that. Oh, I knew it. Like the other day, it wasn't very long ago. And I actually locked my husband's keys in the truck. And um, so I had the keys and I said, where, where do you want me to put these keys? Cause we're doing a vehicle exchange kind of thing. Yeah. And he said, oh, we'll just set them inside the truck. And I went to close the door and I went, ah, I don't think I should shut this door. I didn't lock it, but I don't know. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I should shut this door, but I didn't want to second guess my husband. I didn't want to have to call him back and say, I don't think I should put the keys in here. Like what if the direct locks or, you know, any of, yeah. I didn't want to do all that. So I, I just did what he suggested I do. And yeah, sure enough, the keys got locked in the truck. And he, then he's like, yeah, <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> so, and, but it was afterwards, I'm like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share with us, you know, a client that you've worked with from moving through the steps that you take someone through and some of the results? Like I know patient confidentiality or buying confidentiality, not to divulge any, you know, identifying factors, but I would be really curious of how you help people develop that part of the, that inner knowing. Cause I, yes. I know when people have had different types of backgrounds or, you know, like that violation that you talked about and violation can come in many forms and, you know, it, it could be as subtle as, you know, reading a journal or, um, you know, whatever someone takes as a violation too. So I, I'm curious as uh, some one of your clients, if you can share an example. Yeah. Like you were saying at the beginning, um, like how, when you 
often when people have been violated, then they no longer trust their intuition, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how do I, how do I keep, tr- how do I trust this when it let me down? Yes. And really it's about um, knowing that all our experiences, even horrific experiences that we wouldn't wish on our worst nightmare, that there is growth and there is purpose to it for us. Mm-hmm. And so working with my client to see the gems, if you will, that from that experience. And like, if I work with a woman who um, has been, who's gone through a divorce and a separation um, and divorce, and quite often I'll say to them, well, what did you get from that relationship? And the first thing people say is, well, I got my children out of it. And I'm like, no, what did you get deeper? Where did you learn? Where did you grow? Um, like from my own first marriage, I, I knew from having that, marriage I became the woman who could be married to my my present husband and we were just celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary as we were talking before the call and I I wouldn't be the person that would be married to him for 25 years if I hadn't gone through that first relationship and so it's about helping my clients get back onto going through their experiences seeing the gems within them and seeing how where they did trust their intuition you know, a lot of people, they might be walking down the aisle and they get an intuitive hit that they shouldn't get married, right? And, and they still do. And so validating that they did get the intuitive hit, but they're on their soul's journey. Their soul wanted to go, them to go through this experience. Mm-hmm. And what did they learn from this experience? How did they grow? How did they evolve? How has it led them to their purpose? Because yeah. as horrific as some of our experiences are, they, they lead us to where we're, where we're supposed to share our messages in the world and to develop and create businesses and to really share that with the world. I, I love how you started talking, you know, how it's leading us to our soul's purpose, but somewhere in there, the ego tries to get in the way. I think um, when I think about, you know, there's a book I read recently that I've shared a few times on um, what my soul told me by Richard Barrett. And it talks Mm -hmm. about how the ego eventually starts serving the soul because it's there to protect you. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's interesting how, when we think about intuitiveness, you know, I think when it comes to trusting yourself to make a decision, it's also about, you know, when we make a decision, it's better than no decision. Because often, you know, people will say, well, no decision is a decision, but not necessarily. You can sit in a place of duality of going back and forth before you're completely sure to make that firm decision that you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, there are two things that came up when you were talking about that is, yeah, fear, our, our ego is wanting to keep us safe right? Is our ego wants us to, it wants to protect us and keep us playing small. And our intuition wants us, or I believe our intuition is our soul speaking to us. So what does your soul want for you? Your soul wants you to shine. Your soul has a message that wants you to share with the world to help other people to be of service. And so um, just recognizing it, which is why we hire intuitive coaches or why we hire any coach, right? Is to, to keep getting the support to move through the fear. And it's our society that has wanted us to play small, do it in society's way. And, you know, whenever I'm following my intuition and my friends and the people in my life go question what I'm doing and they don't know what I'm doing, it reminds me, it's almost evidence that I'm actually following my intuition because they don't get what I'm doing, right? They don't get the decisions I'm making. So it's like this, here's the evidence that I'm actually following what my soul wants to do because right. people aren't getting me. And I love that. I do think like, it, that happened myself in my life too. You know, where your family. Yeah. Where people don't. You. Yeah. 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 They wonder why are you, why did you make this decision? And are you nuts? Like even when, so I had a yoga studio it had, it, I had had it for 17 years. It was super successful. I raised the money for victims of sex trafficking in India. So I was going to go to India and um, for six weeks and um, a month before or six weeks before I left, I got a, a really 
clear intuitive hit to sell the yoga studio. And nobody knew why. Even my husband goes, what are you doing? You're only going for five or six weeks. Like, what are you going to do when you come home? It's where I taught yoga. I had workshops. I saw clients. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I need to do it. And two days before I left to go to India, I handed over the, the keys to the studio. And so wow. I went to, to India. I came back. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just, well, first of all, it took me a few months to heal. And I just sat there and I, I, I was in this flux between angry and hopelessness from what I had seen over there. And I just kept going back and forth. And I had done a spiritual journey after, after going to the organizations that we were supporting. Then I did a spiritual pilgrimage. So it took me a couple months to just have a spiritual shift. I called it Walloween. Yeah. <laughs> My well, friend said, you're shifting. It would have been challenging to move from where you've seen some of the worst case scenarios to moving back into the yoga and calming everyone and, you know, and feeling that yeah. own trigger within yourself. Yeah. And so then what happened though, is when it opened up time and space, because I had already be, been creating my deck of Oracle cards. When I taught yoga, I would get into it, intuition as to what the yoga postures meant on a spiritual level. Right. And so it was during then that time, I didn't know what I was doing with myself. So I pulled out my deck and I started writing out, like creating the deck fully. Like I, I'd been taking notes of all the yoga postures of what they meant spiritually. Now I started creating the deck. And at the same time, my daughter was in uni at university in um, Calgary to, in an art school. And so she started doing the artwork for me. And as I was uh, creating the deck of cards, then I knew I had a book. And so within a year and a half, I had the book and cards out. And then I've been traveling, teaching workshops and started speaking and did the TEDx talk. So, you, you know, so yeah, I got to then start to, to um, speak about intuition on a much bigger scale than I had been in my yoga studio. That's so it's fascinating how that it led you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what would you tell someone who is frustrated that their path is not going the way they expected. They have these events that show up in their life that seem to be working out, seem to be leading them on the path, yet they're not getting the results that they want. What would you tell them? I would start to look at their mindset and start to, to take a look at what you know, what we, what we believe creates our thoughts, create our feelings, create our actions or inactions, create our results. And then the results keep reinforcing our, reinforcing our beliefs. So really checking in with their mindset. Yeah. And as we, as we go into mindset, that's when we start to get to truth with a capital T. And when we go into that, when we go into our genius, if you will, that, that's when the intuition comes that's when the opportunity starts to come and our intuition starts to open up to receiving the yeah. amazing opportunities, right? Like, like some people's lives just feel so frustrating. And so, yeah, like in such a place of lack where you see other people's and it just seems so abundant and possibilities or getting yeah. opportunities keep coming to them. And it's yeah. because they're in that flow, right? They're back in that flow. Yeah. And that flow is so important to, because it creates a momentum, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and yeah. like you said, the inaction or action is going to lead toward the result, but it all comes back to the mindset. And also, you know, it's also what's influencing that mindset. Mm. So when you think about, you know, when people are talking about television and podcasts and books, how does that, you know, when we seek knowledge from these resources, how does that impact intuition? Oh, I think all of that's, all of that influences us, right? And it's about, um, and even our friend group, right? Our friends and our, who we spend our time with and who we associate with. Um, yeah, like, are they feeding our soul? Or are they, are they not, right? And I think that's a really important part. And for my work, too, is, um, I like to keep moving us, moving myself back into the feminine energy. Like how do I build my business in the feminine energy as opposed into the masculine energy? So I think as what you're saying is as we're exposed to books and you know, how much of it is, have we been 
gaslighted, if you will, our entire lives that we need to do it in the masculine energy, Mm -hmm. as opposed to allowing and flowing and doing it intuitively so that we're doing it in our own creative way, which would be the feminine energy. And I kind of think that even the whole pandemic has made all of us move more into our feminine energy, right? Like businesses everywhere have had to get way more creative. That's feminine energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to homeschool our children. So we're bringing them in. You know, we've all had to really move. And you can just see the value of the feminine energy with what we've gone through in the last, the last year. And so how do we shift that into in using that momentum to keep moving ourselves forward? Yeah. And um, a lot of my clients are, um, are in corporate but they want to go into their own businesses, right? They want to take that step back. And, and I think there's, I think we're going to see a bigger shift of that, that people are looking, have been looking at um, the way their lives have been and how mm-hmm. do we shift it more into the feminine energy of more joy and pleasure and beauty and flow and still make money and grow businesses in that energy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, for people who, because we have men and women listening to the show and may not totally understand the masculine and the feminine energy. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So we all possess both masculine and feminine energy, but we think of masculine energy and we need both, right? We need to have both. Um, but I see um, women or people who identify as women being more in their feminine energy. So maybe majoring in the feminine energy and minoring in the masculine. And then people who identify as masculine or men would maybe major in the masculine energy and minor in the feminine energy. And so masculine energy we see as a little bit more goal oriented, a little bit more task oriented um, lists and um, doing it that way where the feminine energy is a little bit more emotional. It's more going into the flow and allowing things to happen. Um, an example would be right from when I started my studio, like 20 years ago, I, I would always say, um, I do, I do business, I do business like a woman. And, you know, what that meant was I didn't have a lot of rules and a lot of restrictions and there was more of a flow to it and a little bit more of an allowing to happen. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I was thinking about intuition and when it has struck me when something was uh, intuitively guided. And I remember being part of a job interview process and there was no second interview, but suddenly there was a second interview. And I had learned that someone had said that they wished that they had been part of the process and had voiced this. So now suddenly there was a second interview. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if you're needing to do this, it just didn't feel right to me for the reason behind it. So I um, actually had withdrawn my um, interview and my resume. And I said, you know, you've already made your decision. I, I don't need to continue on with this process to appease others just to be a part of the process. And uh, the person had called me up and and she was just shocked. And she just started off with, well, we have a really strong candidate that just came in. And I'm like, well, you've already made your decision. Like, don't even take, like, this is a waste of my time. And um, so I pulled back and, you know, had that they hired that candidate, but, you know, she wanted to talk further. And I said, you know what, I want to do a 360 with you. And I shared my thoughts about you know being a manager the type of manager that walks around that gets to know their people to share with them and that was not something that i witnessed and that was what i had you know offered as a recommendation as well and it was interesting because i thought you know probably i thought it fell on deaf ears and it was about eight months later we were in a meeting and this same person said today i'm going to do something that i fear i'm going to walk amongst the people and it was so fascinating to me. So as we're talking here with you, Candace, that that came up to me as a, that was a form of intuition that I didn't know where it came from, you know, but I was like, you know what, this is what she needs to hear from me at this moment. 
And she did do it and was surprised at how it wasn't such a fearful thing to do. And here in my head, I thought all leaders should know to do this, right? Because that was something that I did as a leader. And I realized that all leaders do not think that way, but it was, that was my intuitive hit. And I think that one hit me in the gut. Yeah. And even your intuition saying that they've already made a decision. Yeah. You already intuitively knew that this second interview is a waste of my time because I know you knew intuitively they'd already made a decision. Yeah. And I had no problem with your decision. I was just like, why, why do this? Why move through the motions? Because you never thought to include these people in the interview process panel to begin with. I just felt that the purpose and the rationale behind it was not taking up people's time appropriately. So I was like, yeah, no, you can keep it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I think it's about also tracking when we have those intuitive hits, like you said, like to pay attention when words Mm. come to you or, you know, people, you know, I met with someone today, they talked about recognizing numbers that show up for them or, you know, those kind of things, or they actually, she was sharing with me that, you know, she has this wakes up at 3am and it's like, okay, are, are you getting up? And she's like, really? Get up now? It's three o'clock in the morning. And I started laughing. I said, I think you need to listen to that because it's probably when all your yeah. ideas are going to flow out. You know, when you Well, that's that. how my, that's exactly how my intuitive coaching academy training came about is I was in bed asleep and I heard this loud bang. And I woke up my husband and said, there's somebody in the house and we live in a two story. I said, there's somebody in the house. And I shook him awake and we went downstairs and we walked around the main floor and we didn't see anything or anybody. So we went back to bed and like most men, he fell back to sleep like this. Yeah. And I was laying there and I literally felt like I was getting shooken awake. Like my, I was felt like somebody was pushing on me. Yeah. And so I just rolled over and I got up and I grabbed my computer and I went into our family room and I sat down and I wrote out the entire six month curriculum that night. Wow. And I just like, okay. And so then I sent it out to my assistant. I said, let's get this going. Let's get this on my website. Um, and then I went to Mexico to teach a retreat. I came home and a week later, COVID hit and I was like okay I guess you know when we go into fear how do we react and so many people during COVID they took a step back right they 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 retreated right you go into fight flight fear and they took that that step back and I did as well and when I took that step back then then I believe you know our higher power or source or whoever stepped in and one of my past students emailed me and said hey Candace do you have any trainings coming up in the next little while, I'm going to be working from home now. Yeah. And I just went, yes, I do. And it filled up right away. And now it's just been going. And so, you know, and so when we go into that fear, how do we take that step back? And then how do we lean into it? Right? Like, how do we mm-hmm. lean into it and going, okay, you know what, this is what needs to happen right now is I need to lean into this. And I think what you're talking about is actually channeling, right? Like, as coaches, you know that you're channeling the messages all the time for your clients. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think people think of it that way, but it is, it is a somewhat of a download, right? You have this wisdom that you possess, not just the training that you've taken, but that, hmm, you know, I guess one of the things that, that the most subtle example I can use, Candace, is when I say hello to someone or ask how they're doing, if they pause, even for a second, I'll be like, hmm, you hesitated there. Tell me more. And then all of a sudden yeah. you get this whole different story, <laughs> you know? And I, I yeah. think it's the, simple, yeah. the simple things can lead us to pay. It's because we need to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, like even as you doing podcast interviews, right? You're channeling the questions. Like I could see you channeling these questions to me, which led me in different directions right yeah and I know I channeled my book like I would uh, and that's how I wrote my book is I would do free writing and I would sit there and meditate for five minutes and then I just started writing 
And I know, and sometimes I'll read it back and I'll go, holy sh, you know, holy cow, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, where'd that come from? That's good stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, I don't, and, and I do think our society really does keep pushing us to play small and not to follow our intuitive guidance and, you know, shut it down. And, you know, it's that ego again that wants us to play small, but when we can yeah. step into the process, then you can really, you really can make the money. Yeah. that you want and the impact and doing what you love. Well, one of the biggest things I think I've noticed just even recently, I was paying, just watching some people play some video games and I thought you always deny yourself of doing this, you know, as an adult and you used to do it as a kid and mm. they were having so much fun, this family member. And I thought, do you know, when you deny yourself and you know, some people will say, oh, I just sacrifice. And I'm like, there's a point of sacrificing, but it, when, when you're truly denying yourself, others withhold themselves as well. And I, and I watch you like, oh, no, if you won't do it, I'm not going to do it. Or if they're not interested in going to do this tonight, I'm not going to do it either. And it's like we have this, we either think sometimes we think everybody has to conform versus no, that's what makes, brings him joy. Let them participate in that. And then it allows everybody else to say, hey, and I enjoy this when I come try to do this with me. And this is where you see that expansion versus that constriction of people denying themselves or sacrificing. Yeah. And look how, like, I know you have both men and women on here, but look how much women have been told to play small, be little, yeah. um, like not take up too much room, not to take up too much space, don't speak too much you know, we have been told over and over again, and to, to be successful, we need to shut down our, our feelings and our emotions, which is our feelings and our emotions are what connect us to our intuition. Yeah. I remember my mom, you know, like we'd have pie and there wouldn't be enough. And so she would sacrifice. Right. Mm. And we were grow we were taught, like we grew up learning that, oh, it's the mom's job to sacrifice. Yeah where it's like, where did that come from? Let's, yeah. let's shift that. Let's, mm -hmm. let's empower everybody. And, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this. Cause I, you know, I was having a conversation with someone and they were saying, well, don't settle. You've never settled before. Why choose to settle now? And I forget what we were talking about, but it reminded me, you know, about never settling. It is of that compromise and people settle for less than they think that they can get instead of dreaming bigger and feeling that they deserve more versus playing small and saying, you know, I, I should be just grateful for what I have. Why, why, why is it that I want more? Mm -hmm. And again, I think it's that gaslighting that we have been taught that we are supposed to be happy with the way things are and happy, but it's like, we know there's something more. Like this is one of the questions I ask at every talk I do. Do you feel you're here for great greatness? And a hundred percent of the people raise their hand that they know they're here for something more, which yeah. is what, which is our, what our soul wants for us is to really show up and to be of service and to share our messages. And yeah, we've been told that you're supposed to be happy with the way things are and that, you know, yes, we, we do want to be grateful. We do want to go into gratitude for all of the abundance that we have and all of the privilege that we have. And yet we also know that there can be more and me having more doesn't take it away from anybody else. Yeah. Right. We can all have more. We can all really shine and go big and to um, expand ourselves out. We don't have to play small. And that's a great all. reminder, Candice. I really appreciate that you said that, you know, because when people, when they raise their hand and they're all in unison saying, yeah, I know I'm made for more. I'm made for greatness. When you are made for greatness, there is no room to settle. There is no room mm. to say, you know what, I'm going to dim my light just a little bit because I think that other person can shine brighter. It doesn't work that way. It's just mm -hmm. about turning the switch no. up higher and illuminating others at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or to make our, you know, I actually, I was just on a coaching call with somebody and they've been told that they're too much like she's been told her whole life that she's just too much. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, how can you be too much, right? Too much for whom? 
right? Yeah. And if when you're too, when you're you're full on, then you're right. It gives for everybody permission to be full on and shine that light as bright as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that as well. You know, to be too much, or you know, and at the same time, when they say that it feels like you're not enough, so you have this duality bouncing back and forth. You know, mm. because those people often are quite high achievers, who are often right. told that they're too much, and then at the same time, I think I've, you know, witnessed even even in my own coaching clients that they're putting in all this effort, but at the same time, they feel that they're not enough. And that's part of why they have that driver, that motivator mm. to be more. Yeah, yeah. Because again, they're doing, I, I believe that what they're doing then is following what uh, maybe society thinks instead of doing it in their own way, or they're doing it in a way that maybe they've seen other people do it instead of, yeah, showing up fully, but really bringing yourself, your authenticity, your uniqueness, your, your niche out into the world. You know, like I've taught now, you know, many people into the, through the Intuitive Coaching Academy training. And the part that's unique is that we start the business training right from the beginning of the, the training and everyone has their own niche. So yes, they'll all come out as intuitive coaches and they, but maybe they have a Reiki background maybe they have a massage therapy background maybe they have you know a corporate background so they're going to bring their niche out as a coach and there they'll there will be people there for them to to coach because they're going to bring their uniqueness with it yeah and I like how you said earlier once you make a decision everything falls into place yes right yeah. and just being trusted the guided like that was a phenomenal thing to think you know sell the yoga studio that was thriving and knowing that just trusting that that's what you needed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we make those kind of decisions, then resistance will come up. Right. So sometimes it's like moving through that resistance, like, you know, my clients weren't happy about it. My students weren't happy about it. We, you know, and even the land, Lord, she said, well, I'll give you a free month's rent. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, Then I had to check in with my body and go, I, I actually said it out loud. I said, I'm going to keep the studio and I got a no and my gut went like contracted. And then I'm like, I'm going to sell the studio. And it was like an expansion feeling. It was like, yes. And so it's, it's trusting that. And then moving through the resistance of, of everybody else and just going, no, I have, this is the decision I know I need to make and I'm going to, to keep yeah. following through with it. Yeah. And I think that's the toughest part, you know, is the resistance that shows up around you. Yeah. And not understanding why they don't see what you see and, you know, have the feeling that you feel that everything's going to work out. And, and here's the thing, you know, for everybody listening, everything works out exactly as, as it should, even when we don't understand it. But as we continue to move forward, we can see shifts all around us and how things show up for what, exactly when you need them at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we start to second guess ourselves. And what if we're wrong? Right? Yeah. We don't want no to make a, mistake, to make a mistake, but if you believe, right? Yeah. No. And if you believe, well, it's, there are no mistakes, right? That it's yeah. all going to just be perfect then, or it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. And I'm going to get, get the lessons that I need. Yeah. Then it's a little bit easier. But like I said, that's why we all have coaches. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, we exactly. can move through that fear, move through that discomfort and keep moving forward and following the intuitive guidance. Yeah. So when someone feels really stuck, what would be the first thing that you would tell them to do? Like I know with your mom and the burnout, meditation was the first, first thing that she was drawn to. Um, but if you have someone who's stuck, who's not sure what to do or make a decision, what would the, be the first thing to do? The first thing I would look at is um, what belief do they have around being stuck and are they really stuck or what is the meaning that they're giving being stuck? Yeah. Right. And so then, you know, like what is the belief that is around that and what, um, what limiting belief is holding them back? I, I like to call the limiting beliefs, the drunk girl, right. And you don't, you know, what do you do with the drunk girl, right? You put her in the back seat, you give her a cup of tea and you strap her in. 
and yeah. she'll be like in the back seat beaking off. You're going the wrong way. You're not doing this right. You know, turn yeah. here, turn there. And you're like, you don't want the drunk girl driving the car. Right. right and right. it's like, so, right. So how do you come back to what is, what is your intuition telling you? How do you keep moving forward with it? And, and um, it's just about taking this first step. You don't have to see the whole the whole path, right? Or, you know, I look at it as if you're standing on one side of, of the river and you want to get to the other side of the river. So here's, here's the vision is on the other side of the river and you just need to step onto one lily pad, but you can't line up all the lily pads across the river because as you go, they're going to move and they're going to sway. And so you just have to get on the first lily pad and then, you know, navigate that first lily pad. And then when the second one shows up and is right line alignment, then you step onto it. And, and that just is honestly the way it just keeps going over and over and, you know, even then when you get to that, get to the other bank, you know, then you're going to go through the process again to once you get your vision onto the next bank. Right. Mm. And I think it's really for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And it's shutting down that inner critic. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes that can be louder than the people around us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's like, no, we don't want her driving the car. Let's put her in the back seat. Yeah. Give her a cup of tea. Hopefully she'll pass out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully that will be the trick, right? Well, yeah. you know, I feel like we're just getting started into this conversation and we're actually near the end of the conversation. Um, I would love to talk, so chat good. with you further. I have two questions left that I like to ask all my guests. What is one book that has had a significant impact in your life? Um, well, my book. Yeah, Yogini's Guide. Yogini's Guide to Intuition is a Choice. Honestly, it was uh, Brenny Brown, Braving the Wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. And what Absolutely. stood out for you? I am. Um, I don't know if we have time for this story, but I was actually listening to her audiobook and I was walking. I was in a really uh, big shift again in my business. I was, um, I was doing, I had a really good, uh, successful coaching business going, but I just knew things needed to change. And I was walking a lot and walking and walking and walking. And I was listening to her book. And I was coming into this area. It was this big open, um, it was actually a runway is what it was, but it was all grass. And there was a pond on one side and then forest all around the runway. And um, I took the headphones off. And as I was walking through, the, through this field, um, I actually had an encounter with a bear. And um, yeah, and so the bear came out of the bush and um, I ran. <laughs> And the part of my brain was going, stop running, stop running. So I turned around and started waving my arms and yelling. And she went up on her hind legs. And as she was doing that, I leaned towards her. I was on my tippy toes. And I remember leaning towards her and the two different parts of my brain. And I was yelling and uh, waving my arms. And then she went down and then ran across. And so that... It was just this whole metaphor of braving the wilderness and lean into your fear and yeah. so many messages and, and so much that came through that and I continue to listen to the book yeah. <laughs> over and over again. That is yeah. so powerful. If that's not facing your fear, I don't know what is. That's yeah. an incredible story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. I could, I could just feel it in my whole body. This facing that and thinking holy man I don't know like it would just be a total total intuition taking over yeah and it was really pivotal like it it started an avalanche avalanche of changes it was three years ago just a couple of weeks ago was the anniversary of it so it was three years yeah. ago and yeah just it's been a, just an avalanche of changes in my life and following that guidance like following it yeah Without, Incredible. I'm not gonna say without fear, with fear, oh, but like <laughs> doing it anyway, like yeah. leaning into it. Yeah. 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 That's a perfect metaphor. What does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Ooh, good question. <sighs> living rich to me is definitely living on purpose 
and the purpose feels like flow. It feels easy. It's graceful. And it just feels like opportunities come and you follow them and you meet amazing people and you, you know, send out the right email, just like living into that flow just feels really rich and really powerful for me. Yeah. I I just, I love when I get into it. And then when I come out, it's like, how do I get back? Right. It's like, and then how do I bring myself, bringing myself back into it? Yeah, exactly. So how can people stay in touch with you? Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn all as Candace McKim, C-A-N-D-A-C-E-M-C-K-I-M, as well as uh, my website, CandaceMcKim.com has all of my trainings. It has free yoga classes and meditations and as well as the gift that you have the link to <laughs> that you're going to yes, share. Yes, the magic of intuition. So we'll have that in the show notes. Everything will be available. You just click on the show notes in um, the YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us, go check out the YouTube channel. You can see us in person um, and not just on audio. So thank you so much for joining us today. Candace McKim is our special guest here on the Millionaire Woman Show. So many nuggets to take away. Always working on refining and redefining that intuitive process. And to pay attention, sit in silence, maybe take up meditation, go check out some of her videos. And uh, maybe you'll even try out some yoga as well. But it's about exploring. And one of the biggest things, Candice, I think what what we discussed is probably abundance, but also that expansiveness when you step into your greatness, how much we expand and allow others to expand in who they are. Yeah, well, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you tonight. Thank you so much. And everyone, you can pop over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com, where right now you can get your three-part video course on making habits stick, discover where those derailers are taking you off course, and rebuild that focus and consistency so you can build those dreams of yours. Now, if you're interested in coaching, please DM me and go on to the contact page and send me a message about what you're up to. And we'll see, set up a complimentary discovery session for you. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Candace and myself, go out and have a great day.